This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Back in New Orleans and ready to go on this Good Friday. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and welcome into another Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And greetings from Studio B here on Airline Drive. We hope that you, yes, have a blessed uh, Good Friday today, and we're uh, we're glad that we can be a part of yours as we wrap up our week here with a couple of great guests today. That's for sure. We'll talk about that in just a second. The New Orleans Pelicans last night, unfortunately, lost while we were on the road at Indiana. Uh, the Pacers won 92-84. New Orleans had eight players available last night. Drew Holiday, the latest to go down with an injury. He's got a toe injury, and so that left Alvin Gentry with eight guys and his 35th different starting lineup of the season. I'll tell you what, though, against a very talented Indiana team, the uh, Pelicans played very hard. Uh, the guys that did go, namely Dante Cunningham, Alexia Jinsa, Omer Asha, Alonzo G, Tony Douglas, Luke Babbitt, Tim Frazier, and Kendrick Perkins, um, they competed. They competed as hard as they could. Uh, and they ended up losing, of course, uh, 92-84. to 84. Um, It was a, uh, a, a season high last night for Alexia Jinsa. He had 22 points. And Alonzo G did the same with 17. And Omer Ashik uh, tied his season high with 15 rebounds. And Tim Frazier set a new career high. With 18 points, I think he's played four games now with the Pel- five games now with the Pelicans, and he set a new career high in three. So uh, there you go. Back at it tomorrow night uh, against a very very good Toronto Raptors ball club. Tell you what, before we talk about our guest today, let's listen into Alvin Gentry. This was outside the uh, Pelicans locker room last night at Indiana following the loss to the Pacers. Maybe I'm being naive, but is there anything more you could have asked of that group that? Was in uniform for you tonight, Coach? <laughs> no, I, I, I really appreciate everything that they did and how hard they played. And I thought we, you know, kept trying to battle our way back in the game. We just couldn't quite get over the hump. But uh, I would say the only negative was is at the end uh, we kind of had a little miscommunication on a couple of things. But you know, I, I, I would not take anything away from this group. You know, we were so short-handed. I thought we did a great job. Uh, Lexi stepped in and played great. I thought. Uh, you know, we, we did miss some shots that we normally have made. You know, Luke, Luke missed a couple of these have made. And uh, I, I thought the effort was tremendous. I thought everything we did was really good. Uh, we just couldn't quite get over the hump. Can you attribute the turnovers, Coach, as obviously that was one of the problems tonight, can you attribute those turnovers to, uh, you know, a, a hodgepodge of guys, heck, not even really starting a, a true point at, in, at, at the beginning of the game? Yeah, I, you know, part of it was, and then I think the other other part I think you would say is that uh, uh, we had guys trying to trying to help the team, trying to do things that was a little bit out of their element. Uh, but like I said, I, I, I you know, I, I appreciate the, the, the effort that we played with and what we did. And, you know, we tried to execute and, and, and we over-dribbled and over-penetrated a couple of times. But, you know, for the most part, we, we did everything that I asked them to do, and I thought they – they tried extremely hard and uh, and competed like crazy. And, and as I said, right now for us, uh, we'd like to win every game that we play. But if we don't, we have to have something that, that we can put our hat on night in and night out. And so so far, to, you know, since the All-Star break, I think we've competed at a really high level. And now, you know, we got to get the execution part down. Coach, how much does the defensive strategy change when a guy like Paul George has to leave the game? 
Uh, it doesn't change at all. I mean, you know, he's a great, great player, and obviously he's going to do what he's going to do. But, uh, you know, from the standpoint of what we do, we still, with, even with, with, with CJ in there, you still got to go over the top of the screens because, you know, he's a great uh, shooter just like Paul is. Uh, not 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 the ball handler that he is, and Paul puts you in tough situations uh, because he can put it down and take it to the basket. But for the most part, you're still going to play the way you're going to play. Think of Tim. It seemed, I know he had he had some turnovers tonight, but overall, he, another game where he was real productive and kind of. Like I thought that he did try to do a little bit too much tonight, but I don't think that I, that's not a negative by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I like the fact that he feels confident enough that. He feels like uh, he can make some of the plays that he tried to make. So, uh, to me, you know, like I said, disappointing that we lost because I thought we had ourselves in a position where maybe we could steal a game. Uh, but I don't have anything negative to say about that group because I just thought they they tried so hard. We had you know eight healthy bodies and and I was telling these guys, you know, we had 94 points sitting out. You know, a combined 94 points sitting out. I don't know if anybody can survive that, where you got 94 points sitting out in suits or not here tonight. So uh, for us to be able to stay in the game and come close to getting over the hump, I, I couldn't be happier with the group uh, and the effort that they gave. All right, so there you have it again. The Pelicans back in action tomorrow night against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, that tip-off is at 6 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center. Let's talk about our guests today. Two very good guests. First of all, first up in just a moment after our first break is New Saints linebacker James Laurinaitis. Um, met with him yesterday, a uh, tremendous guy, and I enjoyed the visit very much. We're excited that he's now uh, heading our way to, um, to be a part of the Saints family, that's for sure. And then following that visit this morning, we'll have a conversation with Mr. Brian Schweda, an original member of the New Orleans Saints. And by original, I mean the very first Saints team all the way back in the late 60s. You know, as you know, we're starting our 50th season of Saints football here shortly. And we'll be looking back on all kinds of different eras of that 50-year run. And we're starting at the start with um, former Saints defensive end Brian Schweda. He, of course, um, will give us some stories about that first year, that first training camp. I think you're going to enjoy that. Uh, the other th the reason that we have him on this particular Friday is the fact that Mr. Schweda is a trainer uh, over at the fairgrounds. Tomorrow, of course, is the Louisiana Derby. Uh, Mr. Benson's horse, Mo Tom, is uh, considered the favorite. He'll be running in that event tomorrow, and uh, Brian will give us his thoughts on Mo Tom and the Louisiana Derby. Uh, who knows what else we'll, we'll visit with Brian about. So uh, we're excited about that. So a great show today here on this Good Friday. Uh, a lot of Saints football coming your way in just a moment. Our first time out is here, and then Mr. James Laurinaitis, the newest Saints linebacker in just a moment. Join us at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, March 26th at 6 p.m. when your New Orleans Pelicans tip off against the Toronto Raptors. Come out early for Pelicans Fest. The fun starts at 4.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans Dance Team. Speaking of the Pelicans Dance Team, it's Dance Team Night, and the first 10,000 fans in attendance will receive a Dance Team poster. Tickets start as low as $21, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. The magic of Voodoo Barbecue. It's people, passion, and pure enjoyment. Seasoned with Louisiana's best. It's a celebration every day 
a fusion of Creole, Cajun, and Caribbean. It's the soul, the sound, the taste of barbecue New Orleans style. Voodoo Barbecue. Pass by your neighborhood Voodoo Barbecue today. How much do you want to lose this year? Five, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20 ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back. We are pleased for the first time to welcome in new Saints linebacker, James Laurinaitis, uh, one of my favorite offseason signings, that's for sure. James uh, joins us here via the telephone uh, from away from New Orleans. Uh, not for long, though. He'll be house hunting and moving and joining the Houdat Nation here shortly. First of all, James, congratulations. I know the free agent process isn't easy. I hope that you are happy with your decision. Yeah, I am, man. I'm I'm so excited. I think uh, you know, definitely when you go through that process, it's, there's a lot of anxiety, you know, especially uh luckily for us our our daughter is only a year and a half, so there's no school involved or anything like that yet, but there's just all the wonder about where you're going to be, where you're going to live and um I'm really excited. I, you know, New Orleans was the first team to kind of reach out and uh I just felt comfortable from from the get-go. What was most comfortable, James? To me, it's just the stability. I mean, I look at the stability in the program, the organization. You look at the quarterback-head coach uh, combo there. You look at the, the similar scheme uh, to what I was used to. I know Dennis Allen, um, you know, he runs some stuff that's similar to Greg Williams, but he has his own flavor, his own personality. Um, and I really just felt comfortable talking to him. Uh, Joe Bitt is a guy that I had a memorable uh, combine interview with Joe. Very, very fun uh, interview. and um, But just I know uh, Jolon Dunbar is a guy that played down there in, in New Orleans and then played in St. Louis with us, and he had a ton of respect and like great things to say about Coach Bit. So I'm very excited just about the feel of the organization and and really a hungry uh, young defense. I'm excited to be a part of it. It is young um, and it's had its problems here recently, James. And I think that Coach Payton would back me up on that. But when it comes to uh, what Dennis Allen and Joe and the other guys are going to ask you, they're going to lean on you a lot here, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what what they were looking for is they they want somebody that's going to be able to, uh, you know, bring leadership down there and really just um, just join in with the guys. I'm excited to just jump in and compete, man. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, you know being a guy that can that can run the defense and I, I have that um, that experience doing so. And you know, it's always a a group effort, you know, and it's not going to be one guy that's going to change everything, but I'm excited to get down there. You know, they speak very highly of the other guys uh, that they have, um, and, and I'm just, uh, if I could, if I could uh, show you how, how amped I am to get down there and really start, uh, you know, I'm a guy that's, a, that's always in the weight room. I always want to be in the film room, and I can't wait to get my hands on the playbook and, and start going through and just talking ball with everybody. Yeah, it's you're, you're kind of a gym rat uh, in a football sense. James, yeah, when, there's when no you, question about that. Yeah, when you look at your experience in St. Louis as as a guy who helped turn them into a defense worth talking about, uh, what of that experience will you bring to try and make the Saints defense a better conversation? Yeah, I think I think really it just it, it takes 
with defense in the NFL, a lot of it is, hey, you know, can we, can we all understand our system so well that we can play fast, uh, fly around the football, and, and know it so well that we can study a lot on the opponent. Um, and when there's confusion in, in any defense, and, and we had that um, at one point when I first got to St. Louis, you know, there was numerous calls, and if everybody wasn't on the same page, it's how big plays happen. You know, somebody gets uncovered or someone gets beat badly because there's indecision. Um, but really the last few years we had everyone on the same page, and that comes from not only good coaching, but it comes from, you know, better player leadership and getting everybody to be on the same page, you know, uh, whether that's extra meeting time with, 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 you know, players and studying film together, stuff of that nature, to make sure there's really no gray area. Um, and I think that is what I'm looking forward to. I think as long as everybody, all 11, are on the same page, then, then we can go around, fly around, play fast, and try to force some turnovers and get the ball back and, and breathe hands. New Saints linebacker James Laurinaitis with us. James, you've never missed a game at the pro level. How have you stayed so durable? Man, I tell you what, it's, it's really just a blessing. I mean, um, I, I honestly believe it, it's by the grace of God I've stayed healthy. For some reason, I've, I've seen a lot of guys take really good care of their body, and they just still get hurt. Um, and, and I really just feel like I've been fortunate and blessed to, to avoid that. Um, you know, never missed a game in high school or college, and um, and not in the pros. So I'm I'm thankful for that. I, I do take really good care of my body. When I first got in the NFL, I I tried to piggyback on what Stephen Jackson would do. Cause I saw Stephen as a kind of a warrior, a guy that took really good care of his body, whether it was massage, cold tub, acupuncture, stuff of that nature, diet. Just really try to treat your body like a like a machine and, and put the right stuff in it, and uh, it's worked for me so far. The St. Louis Rams are no longer the St. Louis Rams. They're off to Los Angeles. Um, I can't imagine the distraction of the atmosphere that you all went through as players all during last season with that uh, kind of up in the air. Did it change you in any way? Did you did you uh, did you grow from it, or was it hard to get through? Uh, you know, really, quite honestly, during the season, it wasn't much of a of a distraction. If you could limit your family members, you know, like your your extended family, I'm asking, what do you think is going to happen? Um, if you could just get them to, to quit asking a question and be like, hey, you know, if anything happens, you know, everyone's going to know. It'll be out there in the media. Um, because in season, it was easy. You just basically went there, you focused, and, and you focused on the next opponent. But I think really in the off season, before, you know, the prior season and really when the season ended, it, it was just kind of looming over the whole building. Nobody seemed to be talking about it. Um, and it was just kind of out there in the media. And, and you were wondering, hey, are, you know, are you supposed to, are we supposed to stay in St. Louis? Are we supposed to try to look for other places? Are we supposed to sell our property? You know, what are you supposed to do? And so I would, I would say, you know, it wasn't a distraction for me, but I can't speak for everybody else on the team and how they handled it. Fair enough. Um, hey, I'm always interested in, in what makes a man. What, what, what influences the way uh, a man or a woman, for that matter, grows up and becomes their own person? Uh, I have to admit, I watched a YouTube video this morning about your childhood. Um, it was fascinating. Uh, growing up as the son of a pro wrestler, uh, do you like talking about your childhood? Is that something you embrace, James? Because that answer seems to be different from anybody that I talk to that grows up in a, I guess, a non-traditional household. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind talking about it. I, I really, um, I enjoy watching my dad wrestle growing up. Um, you know, I think anytime you you go to a new place, it's a story that's going to come up. My dad did all his profession. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he's in the, the Hall of Fame for, for the WWE and, and what he accomplished in the ring. So I'm very proud of the accomplishments that he had. 
And and I think anytime you have stories like that, where you have a father who was successful in one realm and then a son and uh, trying to be successful in his, um, you know, it's interesting stuff. You know, I, we Chris Long and I joked about it all the time, and I think Chris got it worse because him and his father did, you know, the exact same profession. Um, but we always talked about the, the father-son talk and all that. Uh, but no, I don't I don't mind talking about it. It was um, crazy. I didn't really realize until I got to college that my childhood wasn't normal. Um, you know, because to me, all I all I knew was my dad went on the road, wore spikes and face paint, came home, and he was he was just dad. You know, uh, I didn't I didn't realize that was kind of a unusual childhood. Did you inherit some of his showmanship? <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I tell you what, I have I have no desire um, to to do that profession. Um, but when it comes to for a while there, some of some of my celebrations used to be old wrestling stuff uh, for a couple of years there, just to kind of tie the two together. But I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little. I think I'm a little more reserved than my pops is. Uh, you know, those those wrestlers are are self promoters. They they do a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, I think really, um, I'm a little more a little more on the reserve side than than the old man. James, partly the part of the reason why I bring this up is because I think you're going to learn about New Orleans Saints fans, Houdat Nation. Um, they love characters, and they love characters who can back it up. Um, so that's why I'm gauging whether you're going to, I guess, maybe uh, dip into that pool a little bit and um, engage yourself with them. Oh, I'm I'm very excited to be joining Houdat Nation. Uh, I mean, I remember playing down there. Uh, goodness, I don't even know what year it was now. All I remember is Sam Bradford running down Roman Harper uh, after he picked up a fumble. But we played down there, and my buddy, one of my best friends, Malcolm Jenkins, had two picks that game. But I remember being down there and just the, the excitement and the atmosphere is unbelievable. And I'm I'm really excited. Coming from a, a fan base that had been through some, some bad football in St. Louis, you know, we struggled to get uh, full sellouts for, for a while there. Um, it's kind of one of those things is this year you're going to get over the hump over and over and over there. So to go from that to a place that's going to be absolutely packed and rocking and, and enthusiastic and have a kind of its own its own living, breathing uh, thing as their fan base, I'm, I'm excited for it. And so I can't wait yeah. to play in a dome with that kind of energy. It's interesting you bring up your St. Louis fan experience because I get I get the question a lot about, you know, hey, have you ever seen anything like what Houdat Nation or, or Saints football the culture is uh, anywhere else in the country. And I always say, yes, I have, actually. It's St. Louis Cardinals baseball and how closely that team ties into the city's culture. It's really the same as Saints football does into this city's culture here. So uh, I think you're going to absorb, be absorbed into it pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm excited for that. If, if that's I mean, you're right. I think the Cardinals up there, they run the city. They they have, you know, the, the players and the, the fans are they're just they're so um, they're so intertwined together with with just the the culture and the the passion for the game and and you definitely see that down in New Orleans. I remember when I called when I called Dunbar and I called Jenkins asking about it. They both were saying you're just gonna love the city and the passion from the fans. You know they are just they're one with the team and and there's such a pride there. So I'm definitely excited for that and I can't wait to get started. James, I don't often do this, but let me let me just ask you this: Is there anything? that you want Saints fans to know about you or the style of play that you'll bring? Or is there a question that you thought or you wanted me to ask you today that perhaps I've, I have left out? 
No, to be honest, I, I mean, I think the, the style that I bring is I'm just, I try to be an extension of the coach on the field. I, I really pride myself in, in trying to be a player that when the coach goes to bed at night, he doesn't think about whether I'm going to be prepared or not the next day. You know, um, I'm a guy that likes to be in there super early in the morning to work out and get filming. And, and I always want to know um, a couple of days ahead kind of what the game plan is and, and what we're doing and love to watch tape and just love um, being a part of a team and, and, and kind of, uh, what I'm excited about is just getting to know these guys, getting to know the players, and um, I've reached out to a couple of them um, through text messages and just really let them know that I'm excited to join and I can't wait to meet them and, and just build relationships. You know, you just have to come in and work hard and really uh, prove yourself in the fact of, of being a, a reliable and durable and just kind of accountable on the, on the field. So once you do that, that's where the respect comes and, and trust from your teammates, and I can't wait to get that process started. James, all the best in your house hunting. I hope you have a, a smooth and successful move, and I'm excited to see you around the facility very soon. Likewise. Can't wait to get started. James Laurinaitis, new Saints linebacker with us. We'll take a break. Great visit there, and we'll be right back. We're fast relief coffee. Summer is coming and Keeps Air Conditioning and Heating is ready to serve you. Keeps offers a 25-point precision AC tune-up for only $119. Get your AC ready for the real heat that's coming. And as always, call Keeps and we'll get you cool in three hours or less, guaranteed. Keeps Air Conditioning and Heating. For fast relief, call Keeps. If you haven't experienced our new and improved Sideline Premier Seats, then you'll want to check them out. Offering the closeness to the action but full vantage point of the court, it's a great opportunity to entertain clients, associates, and friends. Sideline Premier Seat ticket packages include parking, food and beverage credit, access to private clubs, and more. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to learn more about these premium seating options today. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We have a very special guest this morning, and uh, certainly the conversation is going to be ongoing about the 50th Saints season here that we are to begin shortly. But 50 seasons of Saints football, there'll be a lot of, um, uh, I guess, uh, nostalgia with that, uh, some pride, I'm sure, for many as we roll that out this upcoming season. And, and when we have a conversation about that, uh, it's certainly good to start at the start. And we are very pleased to welcome Brian Schweda into the conversation to kind of help us begin that conversation because Brian Schweda was, he was there. He was a part of the inaugural Saints season all the way back in the late 60s. He, uh, he is still in New Orleans, currently working as a trainer at the fairgrounds. We're going to talk to him about that as well. But Brian, good morning. We're so pleased to have you, and uh, and we're and we're glad that you are the man to begin the conversation with us about 50 years of Saint football. I look forward to it. Can you take us back to to 1967 when you were grabbed by the Saints in the expansion draft? What were your thoughts at the time? Do you remember? Uh, at first, I mean, I didn't really. Uh, think too much about it. I didn't even know I was going to be on the uh, expansion list until they called me up and told me I was gone after the first round. So I says, I said, well, I said everything's for the best, I guess. So 
actually, I moved down here in uh, April, the year that uh, before they started. So, I mean, I was living in Chicago at the time. They had had about uh, a 20, 30 some odd inches of snow on the ground. I said, hmm, I said, now would be the ideal time to get out of here. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I've been down here since April of 67. That's amazing. Why did uh, before I get back into that 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 era of your life, what made you stay in New Orleans even after your playing days were done? Well, basically, I mean, I I ended up uh, I ended up marrying a girl from down here. Okay, I was I was married before, but that didn't work out. And so, I mean, I was I guess I was down here in the, in the south. I mean, I was from Kansas, and unless I wanted to be an insurance salesman or uh, a farmer, I guess I I had to come back and kind of uh, change my ways. So, and there was more opportunity down here than there was uh, back in Kansas at the time. Brian, I've heard this story before about marrying a New Orleans girl. You seem to you seem to have fallen into that uh, that fate as well. Yeah, I got married in nineteen. 19- 1973, and I mean, uh, to a girl from here in town. I mean, we had we had four kids, so I had a yours, a mine, and, and four hours. Okay, and I mean, uh, she passed away about uh, six years ago, but I mean, uh, it was an enjoyable time. Our condolences for sure, Brian. Think back to when you moved in April away from the snow in Chicago into a city that had never had the NFL before. What was what was the feeling around the city about what was to come? Oh, I mean, basically that first that first couple of years, I mean, the doors were wide open for us. I mean, you know, they, they welcomed us with open arms because uh, I guess they weren't used to it. I mean, everybody when we first when I first moved down here, they told me everybody was kind of clickish and clannish and all like that, and uh, it would be hard to. But that didn't. That didn't pan out at all. People really accepted us. I mean, uh, I guess that's one of the reasons why I stayed down here. What were some of the growing pains of a new franchise, Brian? Oh, I mean, it was just, you know, as far as having a new franchise, I mean, you don't know what you got. I mean, you got, we had a bunch of, they, they took, I think, three players off each team they had at the time. So, I mean, you know, uh, we didn't know what we had down here when we first started. I mean, it was uh, it was a bunch of uh, rejects, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. I mean, we went off, to, you know, at the training camp, and I mean, uh, we didn't know uh, who was going to play, how it was gonna, who, and how it was going to work out. I mean, it uh, it was it was a different camp because I mean, uh, you know. Most camps you go into, I mean, you might hit a few times, but not that often down here. I mean, they had us hitting twice a day, and, I mean, we had almost a month of it before our first game, okay? Oh and, I mean, uh, if you if you couldn't take the bruising, I mean, you were in trouble. What about the heat and humidity? You had this collection of players from all over the country who had never experienced that before. Well, that's one thing that's definitely different. I mean, uh after being, I've, I've been in Chicago when I I would have come back and probably paid a hundred dollars just to see a, a, a twig of grass blow. I mean, when it's so hot, but that was really just basically one or two days. I mean, during the, you know during preseason, down here, I mean, you had that almost every day. I mean, it was uh, it in a way it it, it it makes it tough because I mean you 
up north, if you have, uh, you know, if it's real hot or something like that, uh, you can't, uh, you can't really come back and, uh, and, and do anything. You know, I mean, it's, you have time where your body can recover down here. I mean, it's every day. I mean, it, uh, it definitely takes its toll on you until you get used to it. Ryan, when did it start to feel like the New Orleans Saints were an NFL football team? Well, actually, I guess after, uh, during the preseason, I mean, we thought we were invincible. I mean, that first year we won five out of six. I mean, we thought we were really up to snuff. We weren't going to be like the normal expansion team, but we, we, we found that quick at once the actual season started. Okay. Well, didn't the opening kickoff get returned for a touchdown? I mean, could you have asked for a better start? Well, that was that was nice, actually. I mean, like I say, I, I was on the kickoff team that did it. I mean, I think I threw the last block for Gilliam when uh, he was on that run. But, I mean, it, it was different. I mean, it's it's the best way I know to start uh, to start the thing off. I mean, after that, it was all downhill for about uh, nine or ten games. You know. <laughs> I'm sure the fans thought this is easy, huh? Well, they they thought that, but I mean, it it wasn't it wasn't that easy, believe it or not. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it was it was a learning experience. I mean, at that time, we really didn't have we didn't have that much of an offensive line. I mean, uh, poor Billy Kilmer was sitting back. Well, we had Gary Quazzo down here at the time. I mean, he was a basically a drop back passer that. Had to have his, you know, his time to sit back there to uh, to make the throws. So he was getting he was getting beat up. And when they finally switched to Kilmer, I mean, Kilmer was enough of a scrambler. I mean, he got rid of the ball a lot quicker. So I mean, that's when we finally started doing something. You should know you were chasing him around as a defensive end, weren't you? Well, I wasn't chasing them around. I was trying to chase some other people. But I mean. But like I say, our offensive line back during that time really it takes a while to develop it. And I mean, some sometimes you, you couldn't understand how they went because I mean it seems like we'd have we'd have people in practice that would actually be rougher uh for me personally it would be uh, rougher to come up and get around than the, the people they kept, okay? I mean they, they got rid of them and sometimes you really couldn't understand what was going on. But I guess that's all part of the learning process, you know. Brian, you see the Saints team now here in their 50th season playing in a, in a, in a renovated Mercedes-Benz Superdome, have their own team facility out on airline drive with every whiz-bang piece of equipment you could think of and, and of course, uh, you know, renovated locker rooms and everything else. Uh, it's a long way back to 50 years ago at old Tulane Stadium, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, one, they they have air conditioned comfort to play in most of the time now. I mean, except when they uh, when they leave town, and they also, I mean, I don't envy in some ways to have to play on that artificial turf all the time because I mean that's that's rough on your body. Okay, I mean, I think it's harder on your knees and stuff like that than uh, if you were playing on natural grass. Ryan Schwade is here with us on the Black and Blue Report, an original saint who has uh, spent his basically most of the rest of his life in the city of New Orleans and beyond his playing days. He's also uh, dabbled in the uh, sport of Kings as a trainer out at the fairgrounds. And, Brian, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the Louisiana Derby coming up this weekend. 
Uh, any thoughts on on the big event over at the track? Uh, I don't think too much about it. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the race. I mean, I know that Mr. Benson has two horses in there. Okay, that uh, I mean, I think Motom would probably have the best shot of the two that he has. I mean, because he comes from out of it. He didn't have a very good. He they both had a good trip to, in the first. Uh, race that they were in the preliminary race for it. but second time I mean uh, the one I don't think Tom's ready I don't think ran and the other one came back uh, Motom came back and he didn't have the best trip in the world but he, he was coming on at the end he, if, if he gets a clean trip I think he could be tough yeah, and I think that would put him in, in a very good position for the Kentucky Derby when you watch Motom run uh, Brian, what do you see? Well, I mean, most of the time, I mean, he's a come-from-out-of-it horse. I mean, he's, he's got a heck of a kick at the end. I mean, it's just, and like I say, it's just somebody, when you have a horse like that, you all you can hope for is a clean trip because, I mean, uh, when you're coming from behind, I mean, if you get boxed in, it depends on where your post position is and uh, and how you can get out away from the, uh, you know, if you can get away from the rail where you, well, a lot of times, I mean, a uh, a horse that comes from out of it like that, if they like uh, the they like the middle of the track. I mean, where they got free going, or there's not going to be interferences on the way down. Yeah. So okay, all right. Well, the weather looks great for Saturday, so it should be a fantastic race. I'm looking forward to it. Boy, did I enjoy this visit today, Brian. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you're able to visit with us, and uh, and I hope that uh, you'll be around a little bit as we celebrate this 50 of the season coming up. Well, I hope. I hope I am. I mean, yep. <laughs> I mean, actually, I was telling somebody the other day. I mean, from the original team, I think there's 21 of us that have passed on. Okay, I mean that, uh, or, and this has been, you know, kind of like a going process. I, it makes you feel lucky you're still around. Well, we just want you around to celebrate and be at the dome with us. How about that? More than that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, I look forward to it. I mean, I've. I go to a few games, but I mean, most of the time, unfortunately, I mean, my body has changed in the process since uh, uh, since it started. I mean, those seats aren't the most comfortable things for me to sit in. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I I like uh, to have the advantage of sitting in my uh, uh, chair at home and, uh, and watching the games. <laughs> I, I can completely understand that. Brian, uh, my last question for you is this. Is there a particular saint here in this 50th season that you like watching more than anyone else? Oh, now that's a good question because the way that they've been going, uh, you don't know who's going to be on the team this year. Okay, I mean they yep. they they're they're having a, a lot of uh, uh, people leaving, a lot of people. I mean they've cut uh, they've cut a bunch. So I mean uh, you don't really know what's going to be there. I mean you always like to see Drew play, but I mean you know it's uh, I hope they get their defense together because I mean uh, if they. If they could ever get a defense to go with the offense, I mean, they'll, they'll be tough again. No doubt. No doubt. I, I think uh, you're speaking for a lot of Saints fans, and I think that we're going to have an interesting rest of the offseason still to come. Brian, enjoy the time at the track here as the season starts to wind down, and, uh, and we'll hopefully uh, run into each other coming up during the football season too. Sounds good. Appreciate it. You got it. Brian Schweda, wow, from the original 
Saints team back in 1967. As you mentioned, he was grabbed by Chicago, out of Chicago in the expansion draft and was there for the very beginning. We'll take a break, and uh, we'll come back with more in just a moment. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Your New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to unwind with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Fulton Alley. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four beers. Plus, Fulton Alley's throwing in a free game of bowling, all for as low as $50. Take flight with the next Guys Night Out on Thursday, March 31st against the Denver Nuggets. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. We're hoping that you enjoy all the great sports this weekend. Uh, more importantly, hoping that you are able to enjoy family and friends uh, and a blessed weekend as well. Happy Easter, everybody. And uh, we'll be back with you on Monday for our next Black and Blue Report podcast. We'll do so right here from Studio B on Airline Drive come Monday. Um, good luck to the Pelicans. They play tomorrow night against the Raptors. Don't forget, that's a 6 p.m. tip-off. It's a Pelicans dance team night at the Smoothie King Center. Uh, Toronto's one of those teams we only get to see one time every season uh, here in New Orleans. Uh, this one's worthwhile, I think, and a family-friendly start time tomorrow of 6 p.m. Uh, boil safely this weekend. I know a lot of you will be doing that. And uh, before we get out of here, I want to thank James Laurinaitis for his visit with us today and Brian Schweda, too. All the best to... Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Benson at the Louisiana Derby this weekend. We're pulling for Mo Tom. We'll see if uh, uh, we're, talking, we're talking about a run for the roses coming up here shortly with regard to Mo Tom. So that'll be exciting. And, of course, we've got NCAA basketball for the remainder of the weekend as well. All in all, everything involved, enjoy it. And as always, we say thanks for being a part of our little show here, the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Do it, do it.